Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Gwen Shietta. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to share today's episode. We have all daydreamed or know someone who has talked about selling everything they own and moving to a tropical island. But how many of us have seriously thought we could make that happen or know someone who has actually done it? Well, I had the amazing opportunity to interview Hope and Pete Calling in the Bahamas on an island called Elbow Key. They actually did it. And in today's episode, they are going to share why and how they did it and their message to others about trusting your inner compass and how you can actually hone that inner compass. Their message is that you should jump first and trust that your parachute will open. They are truly living life on their terms. I learned so much from them, so let's just dive right in. I want to thank both of you guys so much for being on the show today. Share a little bit about you know, what your life was like back in San Francisco. A lot of people think, okay, they're changing their life in this huge way. Was their life not great? What, were you escaping something? I mean, people, people actually probably want to believe that, that your life sucked, right? And, yeah. they, yeah. and that you were escaping something. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was your life like back in California? Yeah, uh, well, thanks for having us. I appreciate it. But, um, you know, there's not one specific thing that just that made us want to move. It wasn't, you know, uh, a major life event or, or, or a, a, some, you know, devastating thing that happened. You know, everyone gets the idea that they want to make a change in their life. And I think very rarely people actually act on it, you know? So you, true. You get the idea that you, you, that you want something different. Um, you know, we first came here a year ago on vacation, and when we came back, we were talking about, you know, I think this is, we really would love to make a move. And sometimes I was a little bit more, you know, let's get out of San Francisco, let's try and do something. And, and you know, Hope wasn't feeling it at, at, at that particular time and uh, vice versa a lot as well. Hope's like, you know, I'm ready to go and I'm saying my business is going really well and things are picking up and I'm, I'm doing great. I, I'm not feeling it. Like, let's stick around for a little longer. Um, and then just last year, um, we both got to talking about it and it was just, it was time for both of us. And we are prone to be being very impulsive about things and not, um, I don't know if not thinking it all the way through is the right way to put it, but impulsive. Is there, the right is there a story it. there about it's, impulsivity? You know, but yes. <laughs> when, when we came back from vacation and we said, you know, I think this is the spot, you know, we want to make this move. People kind of looked at it like, Oh, everybody who comes back from vacation talks about, wanting to make a move to wherever it is. Oh, I want to live the rest of my life on a beach and this and that. Um, and we were fully aware of everything that we were going to have to sacrifice to, to make this move, uh, how difficult it was going to be and all that. And we still wanted to do it anyway. It was very much, you know, um, it, was, it was a lifestyle change that we wanted to make. Not because we were dissatisfied um, with life in San Francisco. Life Right, because I understand, and I, there's so many things I want to follow up on on what you just said. But I mean, you guys, it sounds like you had successful businesses, right? We did. Hope, what were you doing? Share a little bit about like what your what your life was like there. We had a really really wonderful life. I mean, we both had successful businesses. I had a boutique called Marmalade that I owned for almost a decade and started it from nothing, and it rose to you know being named the top boutique in all of the Bay Area three four years in a row, mm -hmm. I think. Um, we had a beautiful home, we had amazing friends, our family was around us. 
the only thing I can say that we um, maybe in hindsight would have done differently is we didn't structure our days the way that I would have liked to have, meaning we don't have kids, so there's no dinner has to be on the table at six o'clock because the kids need to eat, or somebody has to be home to help with homework and bathing and all that. So because we didn't have that kind of family structure, we both just worked indefinitely. You know, he'd be working late, so I would work late. And we ended up just working a lot. The flip side of that is we both really loved what we did, so it didn't really feel like work, but we didn't have a regular routine. We didn't really have weekends. We just worked constantly, and San Francisco is very expensive, mm-hmm. and so we eventually felt like we were on a hamster wheel. Even though we loved the view from the wheel and, and all that other stuff, it just felt like we wanted to go backwards. You know, We looked around and we're like, we each have an iPad, we each have an iPhone, we each have a MacBook Pro, and a this and a that, and Apple TV, and it was like, why do we need all this stuff? And so, right, you just get, you just get you just going in it, so and you're just like you said on that yeah. wheel, and and you just said something so interesting um, that as a couple, sometimes what's hard is. Are you in the same place at the same time? Yeah. You know, maybe, I don't know if you started your business first or, you know, maybe you're still loving it. Like, that's such an interesting yeah. thing to navigate yep. making a change together at the same time. Yep. Like, if you're, are, are you both ready? You know, where one could feel like, oh my gosh, you're, you're rushing me or I still love my business or I want a, I want a bigger house or yeah. how did you, like, it's pretty amazing that you guys... At, at this arrived at the same place at, at the same time yeah. that could be an end for I some people I think I was there probably a year before you yeah like hope, I had hope was there the seed. Yeah. hope was there and planted the seed and I'm I'm want to you know I I had always kind of said you don't have to ask me twice I will pack up a suitcase and sell everything else and go um but you know, when when it got down to it, there was a little bit. There's a little bit more to it than that. When I was running a pretty successful business as well, and uh, it was my, you know, my first business venture out. You know, doing my own thing by myself. So there was a sense of I wanted to see it through. I kind of I set some goals for myself, and I wanted to be able to, um, you know, to to have a, a successful business in the Bay Area and make you know enough money to to live comfortably doing that, and. I don't know that it was just a matter of wanting to achieve that goal and then I was done, but it was, there was something about, you know, the, the timing a few years ago wasn't quite right and I wasn't, I wasn't ready to, you know, I, I wanted to see how this played out. And um, how did you know you were ready? Like what kind of speaks to you that says, okay, I'm ready because I look at, you guys are, are young, you know what I mean? It's not like, okay, I, when you're in your sixties, oh, we'll just retire now yeah. and maybe you can financially but I mean you're very young so it's to a lot of times giving up that identity can be a weird thing of yes. you know yeah, like so. yeah like how did you go all right I'm it's, ready to give that up I think it was here it was this yeah. island because like we'd tra- travel to other places like Costa Rica and Belize and always sort of had in the back of our heads well if it's nice maybe we'll buy something here and it's nice everywhere, but you don't get the community that we found here. And I think that was sort of the turning point for us was, okay, this is a place where we feel included, where we feel like we could make friends and build a life. And so I really think it was, I mean, this, we just came on a vacation. And, well, yeah, tell that yeah. story. <laughs> I mean, this, it's not like you were is searching every month for the perfect island. Right. Like, so tell us right. what happened. So my stepfather has been coming here for... 30 something years as a sailor, but I didn't grow up with him. He married my mom when I was 20, so I was already 
living out of the house, so I didn't get to experience that with him and with them. And um, last year he turned 70 and he wanted a family vacation, so we came here and he was so um, hopeful that we would like it here. And he said, I just hope the kids like it. I don't know if this is going to be their style. And, and so we came and we loved it. We came in December and it was kind of cold, kind of, I mean, for the Bahamas it was cold, you know, it was 75. So kind of cold, kind of windy, not perfect weather, rained a few days in a row, and we still couldn't wait to get back. And so the very last day that we were here, we found um, a piece of property with a for sale sign on it. And so we go, well, let's just call and see what it's about. And we actually put an offer in on it that day. <laughs> so you put the offer and in the first time that you were here. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so you didn't even go no, home yeah. and say, let's think about this. No. We were very... We were like, let's we, just go. We, we had, we had a, a heart-to-heart um, right there, and it was just, you know, and I, I said, you are, are you serious about this? Was, oh, yeah, I'm definitely serious. And I was like, well, you don't have to ask me twice. This is it. I'm ready. I, I'm, let's let's do it. I'm I I'd be willing to you know do whatever we have to do to make the move. Um, and that particular property didn't work out. Um, thankfully, as a blessing it, it all it yeah. all all things happen for a reason, mm-hmm. as they say. But mm-hmm. it it turned out to be for the best. But we didn't let that stop us. We were like, you know, we we just said we're going to keep on going, and this is this is going to be our dream. And you know, there's something about you know what you said as far as like waiting until you retire or until, you know, this, this whole move has been, um, it's, it's obviously about new beginnings and getting a different perspective on things. Um, but there was a sense of, if not now, when, like, what are we waiting for? Like, why, why do you have to wait until that? Why, why do you have to, you know, wait until this big life event or, you know, as I said, I, Till you finish your career, until you can properly live life. You know, there's there's a lot in our day to day lives that I try and be mindful of and happy about, and and you know, this was the same kind of thing. You know, I I got to a point where I I thought that I respected my life enough and I respected our lives enough to want to do this now rather than sticking it out for for money or for because that's just what you do and you know there's so much of that whereas we we can do this there's not you know it's not going to be easy we have to make a lot of sacrifice to do this um you know our friends and family are are thousands of miles away and and it's you know it's it's not as easy as as it might uh, look on facebook <laughs> but you know it's it it's it's 100% worth it and and i think for you know the quality of life that we've already seen here it's really you know this it's been a great move it's it it, it was the time i want to because and i want to ask you more about that because everybody will say oh yeah well is you know is the grass always greener so i want to i want to dig a little bit deeper on that in a second but you said something so important you know and i think this gets in our way sometimes you said oh do i wait until it's the right time or when i in quotes we have enough money or yeah. mm-hmm. you know or whatever that age is and all of yeah. those things are these kind of external values yes. right that yes. society yes. puts and in, in, you know you know that the name of the show is life on your terms powered by your inner compass mm-hmm. and so it, it sounds like you guys were making that flip of wait what is our right. inner compass right, right. because you Go ahead. Yeah. We have this ability. We I think we've always had this and we share it to tune out all of the external voices that say, "Well, you shouldn't do this because what about healthcare and what if something happens?" And 
what if you don't have enough money and all the what ifs we don't listen to that we just you know we just go for it and there's that uh, there's an old excuse that says if you if you want it you'll find a way and if not you'll find an excuse so we were like hmm that's that's pretty much how it goes and our friends have said well it's easy for you because you don't have kids we have friends that have moved here with their kids that range in ages from 5 to 15 and they all make it work so that's just an excuse or well you don't have the things that I have that are holding me back that's really just an excuse we have two businesses we have aging parents we have families back home we have all the things that everybody else has but what we didn't have was an attachment to those things in the sense that we didn't feel like this was going to um, get in the way of still connecting to those things so we just went how, where and so people that would be listening to this will say well how do you, how do you guys have that because honestly I, I feel like that is the the secret to life honestly yeah, is that inner so if I mean how, how do you have that where does that where yeah. does that come from is that confidence is that faith some people call it the universe some people yeah. call it God like what is that I think it's all of that I think it's mm. whatever you want to call it that voice and you know it you know you can choose to push it down and ignore it but you know it when you hear it you know instantly whether you're um, connected to something or you feel uncomfortable around that thing that's your instinct so when you listen to that and then you have the ability to separate all of the but what about this and what about that that surrounds it then you're really kind of tuning into your instinct we got married after only two months we barely knew each other it was True one story. Of, yeah. And that was like two months ago, right? years ago. But two months, barely knew each other, and we were in Mexico, and the night before we were getting married, and this was not a planned wedding. We had a vacation planned, and while we were on vacation, Pete said, do you want to get married? And I said, yes. So nobody knew this was going to happen. We didn't tell any about, anybody about it. The night before we were meant to get married, we had a big fight. And I said to him, do you think this is a good idea? And he said, do I think it's a good idea? No, it's a terrible idea. But do I still want to do it? Absolutely. And that was exactly how I felt. And so... It was a terrible idea. It was a terrible idea. <laughs> but was it a terrible idea? Other. She didn't know how old I was. Was it? <laughs> no, I thought he was way older than he is. I was like, wait, how old are you? Yeah, she looked at my passport at the flight. Wait, she didn't back. even know how old you were about no. to get married? You didn't even no, know how old you were? She didn't even know until the flight no. on the way back after we'd already after been married. After we were married. But, and I was like, what? I'm that much older than you? But it was that, so, it was that kind of like, on paper, is it a good idea? Like you do the pros On and cons, paper. and is this a good idea? Do we have, do we know each other well enough? Are we in, you know, the right position in our careers and our lives? And da, 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 da. no, it's a bad idea. We there's there's, but we put all those things aside and because it felt right, it felt like this was the right thing to do with our marriage and with with this move as well. Yeah. It's, there's a ton of, I mean, the financial you know, aspect of this whole move and, and all that, there's, you know, it's it's not nothing. It's not, we're not independently wealthy and we have, you know, deep pockets to pull from whenever something goes wrong. But we've made the decision and once we make that decision, we know that it's going to be the right thing. We keep, we keep going and we, you know, we're both just like, we will, we'll figure out a way. We're yeah. going to, we're going to manifest this and we're going to make it happen. Yeah. And what did you, like, what did, what does that feel like? Because I think some people either, maybe there's, there's so much noise mm-hmm. that they don't even know what they feel. Like they don't even know if the, their inner compass is right or wrong, you know, because they question it. Or like you said, they throw up all these, 
Like how how does that how does that feel to you? Like how do you go? Yeah, like this. I think it's. I mean, I can only hypothesize on on what it's like for other people, but I think that in this day and age, people people don't listen to that inner compass nearly enough, and they don't get the opportunity to find out what actually happens when you listen to that. You don't actually take those chances. You don't figure out. It's just, it's a great idea in theory, but no, it'll never work. So, you know, you logically talk yourself out of doing things or do, you know, whether it's a, a move within your city or taking a new job that pays less, but you think will make you happier or whatever. People constantly talk themselves out of doing the logical thing, the thing that's best for their career, that their family would approve of the most, that, that all these other things that they fail to listen to what they believe is true, what they believe is right, and, and would, would make them, you know, the word happy gets thrown around so freely, but would, which would really make them the most content with their lives. And, and, you know, and that's different for everybody. And there's no set structure of you get this and you get that and you have this much money and you have a wife and two and a half kids and a white pickup fence and a Labrador and your life is great. It's it can be it, it, for some people that is that's it that's that's the that's their dream but for us it it was not and um, you know to be able to listen to that and actually have the courage um, to see it through one way or the other you know I kind of always I'd said about all this I can't imagine looking back and saying man I really wish that I didn't sell everything that I own and move to an island. <laughs> I know I that doesn't just, sound, sounds counterintuitive. I just yeah. don't. I I I don't see that happening, and it might not. You know, this might not work out. This this adventure. This there might be something. God forbid, health wise, or anything happens that we have to go back, or or something, you know, beyond our control happens that we then, so be it. We don't have any um, attachment to the outcome of what we're doing here. If that's that interesting sense. you're just doing this is what you're doing it's not like we're doing the, yeah there's not is, you don't have a preconceived this is not like, okay we're gonna buy this property and then sell it five years from now and make two hundred fifty thousand dollars and then this it's not this equation that we're not going to be satisfied if the outcome is any different than we expect it to be we don't have any you know i think we have we have dreams we have you know um ideas of how we think this might go but we don't have any attachment to the result of any of this stuff. So I know this all, this might sound a little out there and, and, you know, hippie-ish or whatever, but it's, it's really true. If you, if, if you're doing things for yourself or for each other, as the case is with us, um, it's always going to, it's always going to be the right decision. Whether, whether we are here in two or five or 10 or 20 years or not, it's, you know, it's, it's following that being true to yourself and, and as you say being true to your inner compass that's that's the quality of life that is the essence of, of living for us you know it's not it wasn't this huge discontent where we were you know you mentioned before that the grass is always greener um, sounds like your I grass was, was pretty green it was it's very green. you know I, I and I was I thought about this um, <laughs> as I was working on a project just before we left and I was thinking you know they say the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And I was like, the grass is perfectly green over here. I'm just tired of looking at the fence. Yeah. It was yeah. just this kind of like, I'm tired of, you know, and, and San Francisco is the, the center of a lot of, of 
forward thinking, amazing people. And it's really, um, it was amazing to be in the center of, of a place that is changing the world. That's changing, you know, from environmental and, and energy policies and, and, and social, you know, civil liberties and everything. It's an amazing place to be in that respect. But also, it's really tiring. Everyone just seems to be out doing each other or trying to and, and, and even if you're just doing yoga in the morning you're trying to do yoga right. better than the person next to you or right. or whatever it is and it's this competitive nature that just it lends itself to never being satisfied yep. and you can never and I mean it never, never ends right never it's just end. never even if you get that bigger house or you get that better pose exactly. or it's kind of there's always that external measure yep. and and it was tough you know we both felt like that we both worked um a little too hard though we loved what we were doing we both worked a lot we worked really hard for what we had and it was it ended up at the end of the day or the year um whether i made twice as much money this year as i did last year i seemed to certainly not have twice as much money in the bank account or twice as much time um, right and like i had half the yes. time so it was you know it, it i i did it for you know i mean with my business i had it for about eight years um, and the last few years, I said, you know, as I, as I mentioned before, I was like, I'm going to max this out and see how, see what I can really do with this, and see if it's, you know, see if I've I've got what it takes to, you know, take it to the next level and this and that. And I, I, I did, and I started making a lot more money, but I even scaled back there because it was, you know, there was just a level of, I don't want to have a heart attack at 45. And and if you, if you do, who cares how much money you have in the bank? It's you know, it it sounds all. Um, it, it's it very comes, real. That's yeah, very real. It, it is. It's and it, there's always another. I, I think as you get to a certain age, um, maybe when you're younger, you think that you're going to somewhere arrive at this place. But the mm -hmm. longer you go along, you keep seeing, wow, there's just another mountain to climb, right? Yeah, and right. I mean, I think one of the amazing things that that you guys have is you you realized you had choices. Yes. Like I I wonder, you know, hope when you think about your friends or family and the people that said, oh yeah, that you are just fresh back from vacation, it's it almost seems like it caused them anxiety. It I does, mean, what was that like? like? I mean, all of our, most of our friends were very supportive. Um, some didn't think it was going to happen. Some just thought, you know, okay, you'll do it for a few months and you'll come back. And somebody even said, you guys are going to hate it. You'll be back in a month. And we were like, okay, that's, you know, that's your Maybe. opinion. But um, most of our friends are very creative people as well and they work for other people whereas we worked for ourselves and so they said well if I give up my job now I'm vested and I'm not going to get my 401k and I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that and I just bought a house and I'm kind of rooted here so you're lucky that you don't have any of that and we were like well we do have that we own businesses we're important in our communities we have family here we have young nephews that we are far away from now and so we made choices that were right for us, not what were right for the people around us. And so all of our friends that were in those same situations are now like, gosh, I've just been let go and I've lost all that stuff anyway. And so, you know, do you have an extra room for me? And so we're like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not now then? You know, if you needed a little sign, maybe that's your sign. So. Was there at all? Was there anything? I mean, when you laid in bed at night, was there was there anything like if if there was that sort of made you go, oh my god? Was it fear of what? Like fear that you might get here and hate it after two weeks, or fear yeah, that like you you that couldn't go back and you know no. was, it was just for me the fear is re-entry at some point because we're not in our 20s so when you're in your 20s 
you can have this adventure and it's fine and then you go back to work and you had these few years where you lived on an awesome island. If you're in your 60s, you can kind of do that, but we're right in the middle. And so we've both worked for ourselves for nearly a decade. Pete still has his business and he's able to work remotely. I'm starting my blog and hoping that that will be something that turns into a, you know, a second career, a third career for me. But um, if that all doesn't work and we have to go back, would we go back to California? Would we start somewhere new? And at that point, let's say it's five years from now when we're close to 50, where do you go when you've been on your own for so long and you don't have this career trajectory that you can just jump right back in? That's what makes me nervous. But I don't let it stop me from, from making the decision to come here in the first place. So I had a great job at Anthropology as the director of visual merchandising right before we left here. And it was my dream job. I already sold my business and I said, well, until we make this move, I need to do something for work because I don't want to blow through all the money that we've just gotten from the sale of the business because that's what we're using to move. So um, so I landed my dream job essentially and I did it for a few months and was like, yeah, this is, this is cool if this is all there is. But I know there's this other thing that in my gut, this is what I think about when I close my eyes at the end of the day. This is when I have some free time and I'm tooling around on the internet what I'm looking at. And I think that's part of your compass. If you're not really in tune to it where you recognize it immediately, look at where you're spending your time and what magazines are you buying? Are you watching HGTV or are you watching CNN? Like where's your heart? And maybe that's a good place to start to figure out where you you can oh hone it, right? Like what I hear from you, it's like you have to, pra- you have to practice trusting that inner compass uh, yes. and paying attention yep. and knowing what your values are. So, I mean, you, you guys were very clear. I mean, you're, you're so, you know, you're lucky, but it sounds like you did the work to, to get clear about mm-hmm. those things. And so to, to switch the gears here a little bit, I mean, so you actually, you didn't just fly on the plane and go away. I mean, you had, what did you have to actually, because people listening will say, well, how did you actually do it? I mean, did you sell a house, sell a business? I mean, I, you know, I know you have a, a business, Pete. Like, how did you actually do it? So you made the decision, and then what happened? Well, I made a vision board to start with, and as dorky as that sounds, I actually cut out pictures in magazines um, that were the life that I wanted. So. I knew the first step was selling my business. So I found this picture of two women in a boardroom shaking hands as if to say a deal had just been done. And I put that on my vision board and I'm like, that's the sale of the business. I put the price that I wanted underneath it, didn't quite get it, but I got close enough that I felt like there was a goal there. Um, And then I had pictures of couples, you know, sitting on the beach together or um, on sailboats or just things that were the things that I wanted for this life for us and so I looked at that every single day it was in my closet room um, but we had a big house that just sounded silly my closet room um, <laughs> yeah you've had stuff to give up <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good point it was probably as big as your cottage right <laughs> yeah I love it my, yeah, it's my closet room <laughs> For some of those people that think that you guys didn't have anything to lose, <laughs> she had a closet room. Okay. <laughs> and um, some people wouldn't want to let go of that. Yeah, that, yeah. that was hard. I mean, it was, it was hard to give up. We had a really cool house. We loved our neighbors. We had amazing neighbors and great friends. And life was so good there that if you never left that little bubble, you would have 
you know, anybody would have wanted to trade places with us yeah. and been very, very happy just there. That's a bubble many people want to, yeah, that's what they have on their you. vision board, yeah, right. is what it's exactly, like. Exactly, exactly. We both had our own businesses. We loved what we were doing. We were creatively fulfilled. We were successful financially. We had everything, great, strong marriage, true, true partners. We did have this rule that we still stick to, which is only one person can kind of melt down at a time. <laughs> And Only so, one of us can be crazy at a time. Yeah, if one of us is freaking out, the other has to hold it together. So it's like, which one, who gets the dog, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who gets to, who gets to hold the dog? Look at that now. <laughs> let the listeners guess on that one. <laughs> I love it. So you literally, and I love that, so you put out a vision, but then you, but then you literally had to like list your business. Mm-hmm try to sell it and it came very very close it was emotionally draining because it was months of negotiation back and forth expensive lawyers fees and I just at every turn I'm like is this even worth it but that inner voice was like yeah it is this is what you want and even though it's hard it doesn't mean that you're just gonna give up because it's hard or because it seems too hard and my mother went through some health issues kind of around the same time and so I thought well, maybe I move far away to a different country isn't the best idea but again that's those those outside factors in the gut and the instinct was still this is what I want so selling the business took almost an entire year um, we had to sell all of our possessions which were you know cars and everything in our house we came here with six boxes I would highly recommend anybody selling absolutely everything that they own and condensing it all to six boxes even if you move in next door do it. You will not believe how much stuff you have that you don't need. And uh, that in and of itself was just liberating to to be able to be freed of all these things that I'd had since I was five years old, some of them. You know, just little things that I, you know, that I had that had sentimental value that, um, you know, I was able to condense all of my, my, my personal like stuff that I wanted to keep into one box and put it in storage and that's, so there's been nothing that you've been like oh my god where's no. that box no, or where's it's, that it's amazing I have yeah. memories I've got all that stuff and it's it's you know it's it's been great just just that in and of itself has been um really liberating to be able to to you know it, it brings about a a, a, a shift in your consciousness as well uh, in a way that's true you know you really you really learn to live with a little bit less you learn what's really important um you know food and water and shelter is what's important um and you know the rest of the stuff and love love. and love (laughs) love food shelter (laughs) and water (laughs) but you know that's i mean it it really like our internet was out for almost a week here and at first you get this panicky like oh no what are we gonna? What if somebody needs to? And what if? And then you're just like, who cares? Yeah, let's, let's get on a boat. It sounds irresponsible to some, and and it would be impossible for a lot of people. You know, if you've got a a big deal that you're about to close on, you can't just go radio silent. Like it's, you know, I'm not saying that everybody needs to just pack it all in and switch off the internet. Um, but for us, it was just, you know, you prioritize, and and this move was really about getting ourselves in a in a physical location where we could be more in tune with the the world around us with the seasons with the tides with the cycles of the moon with all that you know that stuff that I'd kind of almost forgotten about that's not why I moved just so you know <laughs> <laughs> I think you like the tides too and the sound of the ocean but right and that's all part of that 
I think that's all part of that inner compass thing yeah. too, is just being connected. It is. I mean, how people are like we're, literally not connected we're, we're to, connected to anything our, except, yeah, their, their phone. We're connected on our devices to everyone that we've ever met instantly. Yet, most people couldn't tell you whether it's a full moon tonight or whether there's a new moon out there or what, you know, or, or just anything about, I mean, of course, you know what season it is vaguely, but it, it just for us, there was a, for me anyway, there was a, a sense of wanting to just scale it back a little bit and get back to what was important. And what has that done like, for you? Like when you see being connected to that stuff, what, how do you, how do you feel different? It's made me, you know, I mean, this was all kind of in an effort to, you know, to reconnect to that stuff and, and reconnect with the, with the present moment, with just being as it is right now. Not, not as I want it to be next month after I get paid from that big job or after, you know, um, we finally get that house that, you know, we, we finally buy a house instead of renting or if we, you know, like all of this, there's this, it's well and fine to have goals. Everyone's got to have goals. That's how we exist. But to be happy and content in the present moment where we're at right now is you know in, in getting here there was a lot of like okay you know this was a, a, a real good exercise in trying to be present was this move here and which was we knew we wanted to go we wanted to make this happen yet we didn't place all of our contentment and all of the value in our lives on whether we actually made this move happen you know there's there's a as I said, there's a lot, a lot of just being, just being. I actually think it was a little harder for me here at first because you're sort of used to your creature comforts. Um, our blender in this house is probably from 1975, and <laughs> it's not as easy to use as our you know neutral bullet was, and so. At first, you're like, ah, oh, this is really impossible, and it's not even worth making a smoothie. And you get a little frustrated, and you wish for for a split second that you had the thing that you're used to. And then you're like, you know what? What do I have to do today that I can't spend another literally three minutes waiting for this to do what it's meant to do? Kind of realize like you you don't need those things that you thought you needed. Like I said, we came here with six boxes, and four of them were books, and it was books that we wanted around us because those were the things that were important to us. We brought, I think, one box of clothes each and then another box of um, just, you know, things that we needed, like <laughs> like this pillow here. Right, you've <laughs> got to have that pillow. Have pillow. It's, 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 but, you know, it's interesting. So would you say, going back to that grass is greener, and that almost sounds, that's you know, it's not even the right term because it, it's sort of like this grass is just seems like it's, green it's not a comparison yeah. to what you had but it seems like the thing that you were seeking if i'm hearing you is the thing that you that you do have here which is about being connected and being present and being more in the moment and if if you have that like all the other stuff is doesn't really matter it doesn't yeah. matter at and, all yeah. none of it matters would you say i mean is that is that worth it i mean for you so to say we're to get that gift of the being present and the being connected, is that worth you know the neutral bullet? Oh, <laughs> is that worth it? Definitely. I mean, I owned a, a home decor and apparel boutique for a decade, and I worked for Anthropology. So just think about what my closet was like, <laughs> and then think about all of that condensed down into one box of clothes. 
I have two white t-shirts, two gray t-shirts, three dresses, two pair of shorts, three pair of flip-flops. That's all I have here. And a sweater. And that's all I need. And, and so being able to be, because I, I mean, I, this is like truly the, the gift. If like, if, if this is the nugget that I'm taking away from you guys is being able to be able to connect to each other, to connect to this place and this community and, and just sort of be like that, that's worth all of the hassle and yeah. giving up yeah. all of the other stuff. Absolutely. It was hard making the move um, just logistically because we had a four bedroom house, two car garage, a business, his entire workshop, um, three cars actually we had. We had a vintage Porsche and then our cars that we drove every day. And so we had a lot of things to get rid of. And some of it is sentimental and some of, some of it is just practical, like you know, my car for example. But um, it takes time to do all of that. I consigned my car versus selling it outright and I just sold it last week and I left in October. So, you know, I was looking at the long game. If I sell it on Craigslist, I might get X amount, but I know it's worth this amount. So if I'm in a position to think about the long game, then I can get a little bit more. So you have to think every decision through. With other things, we needed the money up front, so maybe we took a little bit more of a hit. We had a, a garage sale or an estate sale at our house that we had no idea was going to go as crazy as it went. but. Um, our house had recently been photographed for Better Homes and Gardens, which is coming out, I think, next month. The, yeah. the issue is going to be out. I'm, I've been working as a designer, and Pete is a builder, and so you know, our home has been photographed a lot, and so Better Homes and Gardens came, and they did a big shoot, and so we used those photos to post on Craigslist. And it was basically a circus. Within three hours, we had to shut it down. I think Black Friday at Walmart. Yeah, if- nuts. There was people 35 people waiting up front of our door half an from hour our before. refrigerator. I mean, it was total <laughs> pandemonium. You probably feel violated almost. Totally, <laughs> it's totally like all violated. you people out of my house. That's yeah, exactly. Out of my yeah. house. Completely violated. So, yeah. And fortunately, our neighbors, who we were very friendly with, said, oh, we'll come early and, and see if there's anything that we might want. And all our neighbors had kids, and their kids had activities that day. And so our next-door neighbor said, you know, right, Steve, you go pick up the kids. I'm going to stay here and help these two and then another neighbor was like you go get Dominique from you know wherever she is and I'm going to stay here and help these two and our neighbors just pitched in and spent the whole day just collecting money for us because we couldn't be everywhere we needed to be and that was crazy so when you're sitting in your empty house after you sold everything to a bunch of strangers that are like how much for this you know plate and you're like well it was my grandmother's and <laughs> um you know I don't know thirty dollars they're like will you take a nickel I mean, you have to kind of separate yourself from that, and that was hard for us, was, was watching people, and I don't want to speak unkindly, but like vultures, you know, they just Right, they don't care about whether it was your nothing. grandmother's. Right. Yeah, and they then there's just, probably a moment of, oh my, yeah. like, and once it's gone, it's gone. It's, it's gone. like, right. okay, we are like, committed. Now yeah. we've got nothing, and we didn't move for weeks after that, because we had to time the garage sale with some other things that were going on. So we were living in an empty house, and for two designers, that's a hard thing to do because aesthetics are important to us in that sense, and our home is our sanctuary. And so, you know, we're sitting on the floor, and it was um, just, you know, pizza every night in front of the fire on the floor. We didn't have a television at that point. Um, Did you have a moment of, oh, my God, what did we just do? No. Did you? I didn't. Um, 
Yes, in a good way, though. You did? Yeah, I absolutely did. But I had, there's no going back. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was it was one of those, it was almost like, I don't know, it, like like jumping off a cliff in that moment where your foot leaves, then you're just like, oh, I have no choice. I'm going in the water now. Like, I'm in. Like, I'm just, like, yeah. I, I, okay, here we go. Like, this was, that was one of those, like, and it was exhilarating. And that was kind of the beginning of Okay, so people are going to want to know, and, and I, you know, you talked about the island and the connection, but... I mean, what is it really like to live on a little island? I mean, besides, you know, you can see the stars and the tides, but just give, give me give me a little bit of that. I mean, is it, what is it, what is it like? Um, it's getting better and better every day, and it started off fantastic. So, yeah. I mean, Knockwood, we haven't had a really, like, unfortunate thing happen yet. You, you sort of get a little antsy with being on this small island, but... Um, there's there's nothing about that that you can't kind of correct within yourself. Like one of us will just say, you know, I kind of need like a minute. I'm just going to go take a walk on the beach. And then you sit on this, you know, powder fine pink sand and you're looking at the ocean and you're just breathing and, and you sit still for a minute and you're like, what am I really antsy about? Mm-hmm. And then you go, yeah, I don't know because this is pretty awesome. And then you just come back to it and, and you're good. Um, we socialize a lot more here than we did back at home. We've made incredible friends here. The island has been really welcoming. There's a lot of expats here, but there's also a lot of locals that, as you can imagine, when you live on a small island and new people come in, you're very popular because <laughs> everyone's like, ooh, have you met the new people? And so yesterday we were on the ferry and somebody was like, you're Hope, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, I recognize you. You keep coming up in my Facebook feed because we have 35 friends in common. But I haven't met you yet, but I know all about you, and so that's kind of interesting and weird. But um, it's just fun. Yeah, it's, it's simple. It, we play board games. We play music. It's um, what you like. It's what, what you wanted. It's what is we it what you imme- when you laid in bed at night yeah. and you yeah. said you would think? Is it? Yeah. It is. is it what you? Because yeah. these are the things that I mean, and I I have to say, like this is just our thing. This is this is our journey. We're following our our hearts and what we want to do. You know, you mentioned before that somebody is probably sitting somewhere right now with a great idea for a tech startup that wishes they were living in our house in our neighborhood that we left just outside of San Francisco. And that will be their thing. And that will be their dream come true. And they will be so happy and content living essentially the life that we just left because that's, you know, because that's their passion or that's their dream or that's their, you know, there's certainly not, everyone has their own their own path and their own compass to follow. It's not, you know. So what is your, so yes, that's uh, so important, Pete. So what, what are you ultimately saying with that? Because I, what I was going to ask you next is what would be your sort of piece of advice or takeaway, but I think you're actually there. Yeah. What you I mean, that's, ultimately that, and, and that is just what, what was important to us. And the takeaway, you know, for me is, is that this is, this is a journey that we went on together, but that we also deeply wanted for ourselves. And this environment is really conducive to what's important to us. You know, and that's what it sounds like. You're saying somebody could move into your house and that's, that's their vision. Yeah, like know what their, your personal values their, are. They could be living on a farm in Kentucky somewhere. And, you know, the the politics or the whatever just does not suit them. And they just, they're, they're you know, maybe they're surrounded by family or what You know, there's a million different scenarios. But maybe somebody, you know, is, would be as happy, their happiest self in the life that we just left. And, you know, that's for every person to find out. But I just, I, I, 
I think following our, our intuition and, and knowing what we really wanted for ourselves and then finding the place that was going to make that a reality and make that, you know, that was conducive to that, to what was important to us. Um, you know, is that's, that's made all the difference. So getting clear and then actually creating a plan and, and doing it and not letting the fear or the externals hold you back Mm -hmm. and, and believe that you, I mean, you can actually do it. Yeah. Everybody can do it. They just have to stop listing the negatives. My mom used to say, if you're always looking for the negative, eventually you're going to find it. And so if you keep coming up with reasons why you can't make it work, I can't leave my job. I can't leave my kids. I can't do this. That's you creating those barriers. Lots of other people have left their job, have left, um, you know, not left their kids per se, but, you know, taken their kids out of school and brought them to a school on an island where there's 12 kids in the class and the teachers are, you know, ex-Harvard professors that are now living down here. And you can't get a better education system than in some of these smaller family islands. And people don't realize that because they don't even bother to look because that's their wall. And I think a lot of people feel safe in that, oh, I can't, therefore I'm not going to try. And our thing was we just like leap first and then figure out how to open the parachute when we're already in the air. And that's crazy, but it's worked for us. We've done it multiple times. We both left, you know, comfortable jobs. I was working on Wall Street in New York, making a six-figure salary when I was young and got used to that lifestyle and eventually was like, yeah, I'm not happy anymore. I'm going to move to California. Never been out there. Didn't know anybody. Opened a business that I had no business opening. I didn't have retail background. I didn't have um, a business background in that sense. And I just went for it because I felt that this was the right thing to do. So just trust that. And I love what you said. Just jump and open that parachute it'll, when you're in the air, right? And if yours didn't open, hopefully Pete's. Right. There's, you know, you have right. a partner. That, I think that is the perfect yeah. place to, to kind of wrap this up. I, I mean, it's, it's true. Just leap. Because if you just trust that parachute and trust that inner compass. Um, it will never, ever, ever let you down. It will not let you down. If it feels right and it's what you want and... The only thing that's standing in your way is all those, you know, worries and fears about what's going to happen. What if it doesn't open? What if I don't land where I think I want to stop with all that? Just go. I want to come back in a year (laughs) and see where where are they now? I'm excited to see what we're going to be saying. Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll have to do a follow-up. And and so if, if people want to get in contact with you, if they want to learn more about your story or what you're doing here, where would you like, where can we direct people to, to find you? And Oh, um, well, I actually have a blog. Our last name is Calling, which is spelled C-O-L-L-I-N-G. And I have a blog called True Calling, which is um, truecalling.com, which talks about sort of a lot of the things that we touched on today, like how we made the decision, part of the process. I've been blogging about some of the trials and tribulations about getting here and, um, you know, just helpful hints for anybody that wants to make a big life move. And then Pete's business is um, Calling Design and Build. And you can reach him or check out his awesome work at callingdesignandbuild.com. 
Yeah. Or you can call us on 0227 <laughs> because in the Bahamas, that's what everyone has for a phone number, just four digits. It's 0227. So <laughs> and one of them starts with a zero, so everybody, oh, everybody right. on our island has a three-digit phone number. Yeah. And if they get somebody else, they'll know where to find you. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so they're just like, call me, I'm at 345. You're like, okay, what does that's that mean? Yep. It's your phone number. Super easy. I love it. Hope and Pete, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. I know this story is going to inspire others, so many people. And thank you for the lessons learned and sharing your journey. And obviously, you guys have it down on how to live a life on your terms and, and follow your inner compass. So appreciate it. Thank you. Thank this you. is fun. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you for joining me again for another episode of this podcast. I'm Dr. Gwen Shietta, and until next time, I hope you are inspired and have the courage to live life on your terms.